and ultimately these three fire fronts became one. Now I've got this slideshow before me and behind me, which is a good thing. I can see where I'm, where I'm going. But um, today I want to talk to you about co-working with God. And I suppose, is there an on-off button for this one? <laughs> because something isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> did I do that or did someone from the back... <laughs> So this is okay to go? <laughs> you can see I'm from Corryong, can't you? <laughs> it's good to go. And uh, just before, I'll digress a little bit because uh, I don't normally do slideshows. So you're very privileged. <laughs> Took me three days to do the slideshow, one day to do the message. But today I want to talk to you about co-working with the Lord and the connections facilitated with others after or during a natural disaster such as the bushfires we experienced in the Upper Murray region. Many photos were taken during the course of the bushfires but behind every photo there's a story of good fortune or bad, survival or loss and this these two pictures that I've just shown shows the glow of a fire at 1am, which was the first one. We'll go back to that. And um, that's on the 31st of December. The photo was taken from the veranda of Corriong Baptist Church. I was out there watering the lawn in case embers would come and land in a tree or on the lawn or something to that effect, as were our neighbours. The second picture is a view of the fires from Beringama at the Lucyvale turnoff, and you know, just amazing because they hadn't been affected by the fires at that time when that photo was taken. So you can see how much the sky lit up. Every valley and creek that meanders towards the valley floor of the Upper Murray and the Murray River had a cluster of fires happening as spot fires lit up the surrounding hillsides. Many people lost everything, while others were counting their blessings as their house was spared. Many felt the loss of their livelihood greater than the loss of their home, but no one got off without some form of loss. I was speaking to one farmer whose love for his animals drove him to say he would prefer to lose his house than see the cattle suffer. He had lost over 150 head. Some like these in the pictures, or in this picture here, survived the fires only to be vetted with either foot issues or burnt and fused teats on their udders that rendered them useless to feed their calves at the present time and into the future. Hence, they were sent to the abattoir. And just a side note to that, from our property, we didn't lose any animals to the initial fire, but we sent 17 head to the abattoir. Some stories are still only surfacing today. 
In a disaster such as the fires, no one is an expert. No one has the answer to why one lost and not the other. But through all the stories that came out of the silence of shock, the healing balm of consolation and hope outweighed for most the tragedy and desolation. Being in ministry roles since first becoming a Christian, I've learnt that the Lord shows you things through others. And after the fires had passed and we began to work in the community, God put these words or similar on Rosalind's heart as we looked at the devastation of our property. Shared experience brings deeper connection between you and the community. That shared experience, even though not wanted, helped us co to connect with the farming community after the fires. Being both pastor and farmer, and in a small way a local, even though we'd only been two years in Koryong, and you know the old saying, it takes 20 years to become a local, but they presented an or that presented an opportunity to connect with the surrounding communities in a more meaningful way. We also know from the experience why the Lord called us to Koryong for such a time as this. As community meetings began to take place, the Lord gave me an opportunity to speak to the losses and offer help in the form of a listening ear and in a practical way by initially providing vouchers. I believe everything that we did from that very point of time was spirit-led. The idea of the vouchers came about by seeing the need. That need was not just for fire-affected landholders, but it was for businesses in town that had lost their regular income. The finances for this came through fundraising that the Baptist Union of Victoria embarked upon. And might I add that your own church here had a fundraising effort to um, offer support to those uh, who suffered through the bushfires, as did many other churches outside of the Baptist Union of Victoria throughout Australia. I'm sure we would have been doing whatever we could without the funds, but it was great uh, to be blessed as over the first two or three weeks of the fundraising, there was over $400,000 raised. Ultimately, this turned into over $600,000 that was made available to East Gippsland fire-affected regions and our own Upper Murray region. The shared experience that um, or effect happened initially at these community meetings. I made it known to the facilitator what we were doing and I was always introduced at the end of the meetings. Being introduced as Graham from the Baptist Church, I would just see blokes before me hang their head down, not really interested in what some preacher was going to be telling them, probably even thinking, oh, he's going to be talking about God's there for you or, you know, those types of words. But what happened in their disposition as I revealed that I was also a property owner who had been affected by the fires was worth seeing. Heads raised, 
intent on listening to what I had to say and what we were offering. I simply invited them to fill out a form I had created which covered size of property, losses incurred and what was their most relevant need at the present time. There are over 200 farming properties in the Upper Murray and we ended up with 112 of them on our books. Apart from the relationships developing whilst in the Relief Centre uh, during the fires, these community meetings were where a lot of trust and connection took place as stories were exchanged. Of the farmers that didn't respond, there were a lot of farmers' wives who did. Uh, yeah. As they saw the value of what we were offering initially with the vouchers. Uh, before we get into a couple of stories though, it's about time I throw in a scripture. So you don't go away from here saying, we had this bloke from Corion come today and he didn't even use any of God's word. What sort of preacher is he? So it'll be on the screen in a minute, but I just want to say, if you've bought your Bible today, that's really good. And um, you can open it and look at it. And when I read from it, you can say, oh, he is reading God's word. He is not leading us astray. So if you'd like to um, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And um, Matt, you don't open your Bible, you use your phone. Is that what happens in biggest country areas? So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'd just like to read things in context. So we'll read um, from verse 5 through to verse 9. And there it is. Um, a few people, wait a minute, what have I done? Let me go back. Here we go, that'll do. We'll stick it there. <clears throat> what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labour. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. What I have learned is that it doesn't matter what the Anglican bloke down the road is doing or the Pentecostal fella around the corner, because we are all God's fellow workers. And be it together, as it was in the bushfires, or be it doing what we believe God has called us to do at any given time, Doing what God leads you to do is the most important thing to you, to your community and to God. By the way, the unity and prompt action of the churches did not go unnoticed in Koryong by the unchurched. Now if you'd uh, like to turn with me to James chapter 2.
And I'm sure you all know this passage and going by the amount of voluntary work done by Wodonga and District Baptist Church members, I've seen you living it out. Can anybody identify themselves in the photo that's on screen here at the moment? This was just the first um, time that Wodonga and District Baptist Church members, um, led by David and Kendall, and um, they came to the farm and began, as David said, um, working with trees, knocking them down, cutting them up, and uh, in that way, helping us clear away dangerous trees that um, could fall at any moment. And even last night, Ros and I were sitting outside and we just heard the mighty crash of one of the dead trees affected by the fire falling onto the ground. So in James chapter 2, reading from verse 14, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. The scripture speaks for itself. Our faith is to be accompanied by action. And through the stories that came about as I connected with people in various communities, what became evident was the resilience of country folk, particularly the farmers. Many worked long hours as they surveyed the damage, looked after stock and sought aid as it became available. And these stories that follow are really just about that much of all the stories that have emanated from the bushfires. One family, dairy farmers on the Nariel Creek, had a story which is of the miraculous. Asleep in the comfort of their home, oblivious to the approaching fires, they were saved when three youths banged on the door, rushed into the house and called out to the sleeping couple to get up, get some clothes. As the youths went from one end of the house to the other, they exited through the back door and took the couple over to the car in the garage. They then drove away from their livelihood and home, leaving all their possessions, memorabilia, personal belongings, photos, antique furnitures, etc., as their home and their son's home were engulfed by flames. What you see in the picture is that home. I comforted the husband as he came to the echo centre that had been set up as the relief centre and since then we have had many chats. Who were the youths? Some people think they were anonymous, unknown. Others asked, were they even angels? Maybe they were. But the couple were so thankful they survived and after three years, they're still, along with their son, in new homes and still milking cows. There is a local businessman 
His family farm had gone through the fires. Word had come to us that he wasn't travelling well. And the major concern with farmers after the fires was that they might take their own life. He had lost house, sheds and machinery as well as 45 Hereford cows and calves. But for this gentleman, God gave him something special to comfort him. As I and the pastor from the AOJ church walked over the brow of a hill to check in with this fellow, his words to us on arrival were that he saw two angels walking over the hill towards him. We initially thought he was just being really nice to us. But he was serious as he described the bright shining light accompanying us. God has a habit of revealing himself to those who don't know him. And even today, this fellow still recounts the story at times when I drop in and say hi. For many, farming families in the Upper Murray, um, they're made up of many generations. And the next generation take on their own farms while they still help in the work on the family farm. And acting on a discussion with concerned farming parents about preventative and safety measures for their son who was struggling to even get out of bed, and that's serious, he was in bed all day, 24 hours a day. So what we did in visiting him was offered to provide a subsidy to freight three B-double truckloads of hay to each of his three properties. Connecting with and providing aid motivated their son to refocus, get out of bed and look after his farm. Along with the medical health assistance he received, he is now positive and working his farm, knowing more about how to deal with his well-being. Two weeks after I had contacted him, I found a trailload of wood, firewood that is, dropped off at the manse along with a message of thanks. There's been many a text, a card and even gifts given to us for what the church has done. And I just thought I'd show you a couple of those. I can't read them from here myself. But the words were very kind and even to the point where some people spoke words acknowledging God and they weren't necessarily Christian people. As autumn began, we had already seen a lot of rain with farmers in the Nariel, Fowler and Bigra Valleys suffering further property damage. I'm not sure whether you're aware of what the rain can do afterwards, after a fire has been through, but the soil loses its viscosity. All the ground cover, plants, etc., have gone and the topsoil gets washed away and then the gravel underneath and the rocks and everything. And if you had have driven up the Fowler Valley or the Nariel Valley or the Bigra Valley, you would have got to a point where you could not go any further because there was maybe half a metre deep of gravel that had been washed across the road. And one of these particular farmers, I only spoke with him last week, 
and he still has an issue every time it rains and he hasn't been able to clear his dairy due to not being able to get machinery inside because his dairy has a one metre wall or filling of gravel right inside it. So it was during these early weeks of autumn that I felt moved by the Lord to offer a seed subsidy for farmers to re-sow their paddocks. Contacted the BUV just to clarify that um, providing seed was actually providing relief. And hard as it was for city folk to understand that, um, I got the tick of approval and we were able to provide that subsidy to over 50 farmers who um, were very grateful. And the way we did it, um, we didn't look at it and say, oh, you're a farmer with X amount of cows and property size, etc., and you're only a, or you're only a small farmer, we'll just give you a small amount. We treated everyone equal. And I believe that's what God wants us to do, hey? And um, so by doing that, each person or each farmer got the same amount that they can contribute to the purchase of seed. And for some, they had a bit of change and they could do whatever they liked with that. So um, the seed subsidy was born and over 50 farmers, as I said, received that subsidy. But, you know, there are many people that are stubborn. Is anyone stubborn here? <laughs> because I can be. <laughs> Just ask my wife. Afterwards, you can do that. But, you know, I'm sure you've heard people say when they're offered help, I'm sure there's somebody else who needs it more than I do. And we can be guilty of saying that and in effect we're knocking back God's blessing. But these words or similar came from a number of resilient but prideful farmers who just wanted others to be helped. I had one farmer's wife call by after the um, somebody else needs it more card was played by her husband and she said, I'll take the package on offer, just don't tell my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and only a few months ago, as I said, there's many things still happening now. Uh, one of these farmers who I had maintained connection with humbly asked if any fencing materials were available. And we ended up providing the materials as well as a 23,500 litre water tank. Because when you go and visit these farmers and they decide, I oh, will show you what's happened and they show you around the place and there's a burnt out water tank. Oh, have you got a replacement for that? I might ask. And no, not, I haven't worried about that, we're right. But, you know, that catches water. What do you do with the water that it catches if it's not catching water and holding water now? Oh, we'll get by, we'll be right. How about, how about, just say, if I have a water tank, would you receive it? Uh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Some blokes are hard to please. <clears throat> 
But there are many stories about relief, but relief leads into recovery. And the aspect of recovery is purely focused on the human being, the well-being of a person. And once again, led by the Lord, we initiated some wonderful programs and events that have, be, have borne much fruit. So let me share with you the scripture that is up on the um, screen now that you've probably been gawking at for the last couple of minutes. And it's from the Message Bible. And forgive me for using the Message Bible, but I really like some of the translation. And young people really like it, don't you, young people? <laughs> young people, yeah. Um, to you uh, who are ready for the truth, I say this, love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. If someone slaps you in the face, Stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. Here is a simple rule of thumb for behaviour. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Let me tell you, it wasn't everyone who responded to us positively. There were plenty of scoffers about as well. And one time in the Tintoldra pub, someone interrupted me with a quip about peddling the gospel. I responded in kind by reminding him that I know where I was going. Did he? We all had a laugh. And he was the last to leave as we sat at a bench having a good old yarn. And on a later visit to his property, we had another good yarn. And his partner said, maybe we should get married. <laughs> I had said absolutely nothing about their relationship. But God's Holy Spirit was at work, no doubt. And I'm still waiting on the marriage um, idea <laughs> to take place. Our concern for others and desire to bring community together led us to introduce over the past two and a half years about 12 or more events. The work we had been doing was noticed by corporate bodies and we received a gift from Enyo Australia of $15,000 and a further grant from the Commonwealth Bank of $50,000. We also had donations made directly to Koryong Baps and uh, these donations were to go into bringing community together. We call it community connectedness, and we are still using these funds today. We had art therapy courses, horsemanship events, Mary O'Brien from Are You Bogged, Mate? And Mary spoke to 80 women at a luncheon, and then over um, and spoke then over to um, 130 men that evening, the largest event she had done. Um, does everyone know who Mary O'Brien is? Mm, probably not. She's a Queenslander who...
who um, saw three farmers over a period of time um, take their lives and she thought something's got to be done about this. So she goes around speaking at uh, rural um, areas about asking that question, are you bogged mate? You know, how's life going? How's things working out for you? And if you need any help, you know, we're here for you. So she was uh, really well received, and, uh, but we did other things. Uh, we did a knot tying course, a cake decorating afternoon, ladies, and just back in December of uh, this past year, in partnership with Rotary, we held a songwriting workshop with Golden Guitar winners Carter and Carter. Go out and buy their album, support them. <coughs> There are more events on the list, but I think um, we're nearing time to bring this to an end. And I'd like to do so by sharing one last scripture with you. But before I do that, I want to let you know God has worked through all that we have done. Yet all that we have done is only what a Christian should do. And this one last story is in relation to the horsemanship workshops um, we organised. Over the two workshops, the participants were greatly encouraged to get back on the horse. Now, Rosalind, my wife, she has a horse and we had to pick him up from the fire-affected property and we took him in to Koryong and we stuck him on the front lawn of the manse until we could find somewhere to put him. Horses, you know, like people, they're very intelligent and they get spooked by fire, loud noises and many people weren't game to even get back on their horse because of what they were suffering in their own lives. But running these workshops proved a huge success. The people that attended had lots of fun, good meals and fellowship around the campfire each night, and many of the ladies involved began to go for rides together after the workshops. And on one occasion, um, Koryong Baptist Church Secretary and keen horsewoman Sharon Roberts and my wife Rosalind arrived early with another woman who practically got out of the car and said, right, I've got some questions to ask. Not long after, Joe was born again. Not only was she born again, but she brought her sister to church all the way from Wagga. And I was able to connect her with the Wagga, Wagga Baptist Church. Then some of the other women were asking questions, so Rosalind and Sharon began a ladies' group using the Alpha Course material. Now the group is looking towards this year, coming together and adding to their number, and let us pray that it will be those who are getting saved being added to that number. God is good, isn't he? That one last scripture I want to share with you comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25, and again, 
reading from the Message Bible. <clears throat> so friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. So let's do it, full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in, in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshipping together as some but do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Let's not tire of doing good. Don't wait around for a disaster to happen, but be ready to share God's love, his unconditional love that is there for all mankind. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for your words to us today, the stories of where you have been involved in many areas of people's lives. And we just uh, pray now, Lord, that we will continue to be a people of action, that we as co-workers with you will share your love abundantly to those who are yet to receive it. And we just ask your blessing as we continue on through 2023 with a desire to be people of action. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.